Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Booking It. It is a bit of a slow start for me this morning. I'm feeling kind of groggy. Um, it was Friday the 13th, just a couple days ago. So maybe the effects are a little bit lingering. I hope everyone had a good weekend. Last week we talked about fantasy, which... I will never tire of talking about. I could talk about it for weeks in a row. However, the people did speak as I had posted a poll last episode. And the verdict comes to Thriller, which I think it's very fitting. It's the spooky season, getting into Halloween. Like I said, just had Friday the 13th. Um, so we're going to get into it. Uh, first, I want to talk about the FX or the stigmas, rather, around Friday the 13th. If you don't know what it is, basically, it's I'm not sure of its origins, but it's basically a bad omen kind of holiday, unofficial holiday. There are Stigmas where it's like there's bad luck around it and Friday the 13th is like the day that, I don't know, something happens. There's also black cats that give off the same sort of aura, I guess. Walking under a ladder, breaking a mirror, opening an umbrella indoors, like stuff like that. It's kind of like a a weird kind of uh event i i don't know i just think people get freaked out over it because of the movies friday the 13th great movies by the way the 80s had a lot of good like thrasher movies or a slasher i'm sorry i'm so slow today uh slashers they had good just like basic gore. I really liked the 80s horror movies. Um, yeah, Friday the 13th is pretty good. Nightmare on Elm Street's also really good. That one kind of freaked me out as a kid. I'm really upset because Netflix had added Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, but the 2016 one. And I said that's no bueno because remakes are always kind of trash. Um, I do want to talk about a point I talked about last week, uh, the point where I brought up how I think books are always better written and better produced than their TV show brethren. Um, so maybe I lied a little because I started watching Outlander and I started watching it a couple years ago with my stepmom and we started like the first season and it was great. For some reason, I just like kind of lost interest a little. Uh, but recently, my boyfriend and I have begun watching it and we're obsessed to say the least. And I go back on my point from last week because I wasn't aware that it was based on a book series when I first watched it, um, but obviously gotten back into reading over the past couple of years, and 
I've seen it once or twice at the bookstore and that's when I was like oh wow like there's there's books which obviously I guess it's kind of obvious now um the best pieces of cinema are usually based off books um so we were watching it and my boyfriend asks me so you're gonna get the books now and I don't know I kind of looked at him and I was like I don't think so mainly because the show portrays it in such a good way so basically Outlander is I'm gonna like try to tell it without any spoilers uh but basically we have our protagonist Claire who was a World War II uh, war nurse. So she like worked on the front lines and helped the soldiers. And her husband, Frank, I think he was like a, a commander or something. He was part of the war as well. Maybe he was just a soldier, but they were both in the war. And I believe when the show starts, it's 1945. So it's just after the war ended. And they decide to take a second honeymoon, as her husband Frank calls it, uh, to Scotland. And they get there, and it's beautiful. And uh, Frank is telling Claire about his like newfound obsession, which is, I believe, genealogy. So, like, where he came from, his past, his ancestry, history. He's really big on it because he wants to be a history professor at Oxford, which is pretty cool, especially back in that day. That was huge. Um, So yeah, they go to Scotland. He's telling her all about these ancient architectures and he takes her to this like abandoned castle and is like, I'm pretty sure my ancestors used to roam these halls. Uh, And he takes her to see this ritual being performed Uh, there's like a circle of stones really tall stones and these women are dancing and carrying torches and they're obviously doing like maybe a good fortune ritual or a summoning ritual or something I I kind of miss that not gonna lie um but it is a ritual of sorts so they're dancing having a good time And Claire and Frank are just observing from afar. Uh, Apparently, there is a strange magic within those stones. And Frank goes and does his own thing for the day. And Claire decides to go back up to the stones because she herself has taken up an interest in herbology and stuff like that. So she goes because when they were there, she saw a really cool plant, but she had to leave because of the ritual being performed. So she didn't really want to get in the way. So she goes back, finds her little flowers. And then something like weird happens where the wind picks up and she hears thunder. And she gets a really weird urge to touch the tallest stone in the middle of the circle. And so she does that. And... She wakes up, and unknown to her, 
Uh, but she does find out a bit later. She wakes up in the year 1743. So she basically goes back 202 years in the past. And like I said, we are in Scotland. So this is old Scotland. This was when I think um, France was at war with Britain. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, the English are kind of like the antagonists in this scenario. Uh, The Scots are our protagonists. So the show is really geared towards, like, you want to cheer for the Scots. Um, And I think the reason why I think the show is so magnificent is because it it really encapsulates in... in, I'm going to use an easier word because I can't function properly today. It really grasps the Scottish culture and it it just paints a picture so like a visual picture so well that the books probably have done a great job uh but for me I can just picture their traditions and their culture and listening to them talking with their Scottish accents it's just so like it it really draws you in in a different way and everything about the show is so visually appealing it's so like the audio is appealing their accents I love like the kind of old Gaelic English take that they have um it's fantastic and I do want to give the books a chance one day uh but I just wanted to correct myself a little bit uh from what I said last week which that's okay opinions can change um, until I do read the books, though, I highly recommend the show. It is fabulous. Anyways, I wanted to get into the topic of this week, which, as I said before, is thriller. Now, we all love a good thriller book. Some people may not, but I personally really do. I love trying to figure something out. I love suspense. I love mystery. I love horror. I love everything under the thriller umbrella. And I do believe that a genre of horror sits under this umbrella of thriller. Because horror is a completely different label than thriller. Horror is just straight up scary. Like, I I wouldn't even call It by Stephen King a horror book. Sing singular genre. It's more than horror. Thriller is a whole blanket. And underneath this cozy little blanket, we lay, like I said, mystery, suspense. We lay all of the good things and bundled up into like this little scary ball it's just all good things. Horror, I think, defines one specific thing. It's it's different than thriller. Thriller, one of the best thrillers I've probably ever read um, is by Stephen King. And I'm going to be talking about him a lot because Stephen King is probably one of the most well-known authors in the world. 
definitely in North America, uh, also in the UK. I know he's really big. He writes a lot. He's written many, many books. And I've enjoyed maybe 10% of them. Like I've read Cell. I've seen Cujo. Have have yet to read the book. Seen the Dome. Read the Dome. Love the Dome. I've seen the Simpsons version of the Dome. It's great. I, I haven't watched the show. Because there's like a movie and a show. I've seen the movie. Um, but the book that I really love. And I remember the first time I've read this book. I believe I was 14 or 15 maybe. Uh, my dad had actually brought it home along with The Martian by, oh god, I can't remember. Uh, the movie has Mark Wahlberg in it. God, I can't remember the author. I'm so sorry. I will link it in this video or in the uh, episode description who the author is. I am a terrible reader. I am a scum. I am ashamed to this community. I'm so sorry. Anyways, my dad brought home this book, uh, The Shining by Stephen King. And he was like, okay, you read one, I'll read the other, and then we'll switch. And I remember that, like, so vividly, because I was like, oh my gosh, something to do with my dad. This is great. Like, it's both of our kind of hobby, and we get to bond over it. So I was like, yes, absolutely. And I think I started with The Martian, and that one... It wasn't really my, like, forte. It wasn't my cup of tea at 15. But I did enjoy it. Like, it was very different and had different aspects. I I 100% would enjoy it today uh, if I were to pick it back up, which I probably should. Um, But then when it was my turn to read The Shining, I was kind of hesitant at first. Because as a kid, I grew up on horror movies and scary movies and all of the 80s slashers and stuff like that. Like, my dad really, like, culturized me (laughs) in the kind of horror world. Um, So I was nervous to read this because reading is so much more intimate than watching a movie or watching something on TV. It's more, it dives more into depth into your brain and it's it's just you and these words on a page and you basically get to decide how you feel about it uh movies I feel they push a certain narrative uh they really like force a feeling onto you they're like okay in this scene you're going to feel nervous for the character but with the book you kind of get to decide Also because you're going at it at your own pace. Like you're reading a book and you're like, okay, I'm going to put this down and go do something else. uh, While I really digest this chapter and what's going on. The Shining, I haven't finished it. And it's been like five years. Not because it's a bad book. But because it's one of those that I have to really step back and think about what just happened now if you don't know what the shining is about for some reason uh 
probably get a life. I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. Uh, my hobby is literally books. Maybe I should get a life. Anyways, I have the book here and I will just read the back because it's really important that we understand what I'm actually talking about. So Jack Torrance's new job at the Overlook Hotel is the perfect chance for a fresh start. As the off-season caretaker at the atmospheric old hotel, he'll have plenty of time to spend reconnecting with his family and working on his writing. But as the harsh winter weather sets in, the idyllic location feels ever more remote and more sinister. And the only one to notice the strange and terrible forces gathering around the Overlook is Danny Torrance a uniquely gifted five-year-old. So basically, an extreme case of cabin fever mixed with a little bit of, I won't say paranormal, but I can't find a better word, so paranormal magic, in a way. And the name, The Shining, really becomes clear as you read the book. Like, at first, before you read the book, you're like, oh, it's The Shining, I... It's just a name. Uh, but after you read the book, you're like, oh, that's what that is. Interesting. So I really like when titles, like the title of a book, plays into the story. And then once you really get into the book, that's when the title makes sense. I love when books do that. Or I recently wrote a short story. Uh Basically, I write short stories and I decide whether or not to submit them to a contest or just add them to my portfolio. This one I felt wasn't my best work, so I added it to my portfolio. And basically, you write these short stories based on prompts that you're given. So this week's prompt was, I believe, out of place. That was the prompt. And these specific, like setting that I had to write it around was you are a child helping your grandparent in the kitchen like baking something or whatever when you find something unusual or as the prompt says out of place and I was writing mine and I never ever in a million years would title a piece of work without finishing it or at least getting some semblance of structure. I appreciate when stories are written based on a title. However, I feel like the title is, it means more after you've created something and you're like, look at this, I'm going to call it blah, blah, blah. Like, I think the title comes from the story. The story does not come from the title. Um, So I was writing it and I get to the end and I'm like, this still doesn't feel right. Uh, But then I add the closing sentence and lo and behold, I had my title and it is called Dead to Me. And you'd have to read the story to understand it because the title is the last three words of the story. And I love when books do that. And I love implementing it into my own work. I think it's so genius. And I think it's it adds a bit of fourth wall break to the story in a way. Because it's like the author is acknowledging that you're reading this. 
and the story kind of acknowledges itself in a weird way. Um, so where I post my little snippets of writing, it's called Readsy Blogs or Readsy Prompts. Um, it's like a kind of half prompts, half writing, half blog kind of page. Um, it's where I keep my writing portfolio. Uh, it's kind of a work in progress, but so is everything in life. Nothing is ever complete. Um, so if you want to check it out, I can add a link into this video. Or, sorry, uh, you're really not watching anything, so it's not a video. I guess it's an audio video. <sighs> Happy Sunday, everyone. This is where we're at today, mentally. Um, anyways, I want to move on and talk about a uh, another kind of shortish story while we're on the topic. This one, this book is just over 200 pages. And it's very small. It's about like seven inches in length. And this is a really easy book to like just pick up and take with you. So there's really no excuse as to why I haven't read it yet. Uh, I guess you could say my excuse is that I have five million other books waiting to be read. Um, ignoring that fact, this book is called Go Ask Alice, and it's actually by an anonymous author, which I think is bizarre. Like, this person just wanted to get their book out into the world, didn't care if they became famous because of it, didn't care. They just wanted their work out in the world and wanted people to read it. And I appreciated that when I first saw it. And I think that's what made me buy it. Um, I want to, like, support them in a way. Because clearly they want this story to be read or to be heard, to be acknowledged. And like I said, I can appreciate that. So this one, I'm going to read the back. Uh, it's January 24th. After you've had it, there isn't even life without drugs. Oh, by the way, this is kind of very like substance abuse-y, so just beware. It started when she was served a soft drink laced with LSD in a dangerous party game. Within months, she was hooked, trapped in a downward spiral that took her from comfortable home and loving family to the mean streets of an unforgiving city. It was a journey that would rob her of her innocence, her youth, and ultimately her life. Read her diary, enter her world, you will never forget her. For 35 years, the acclaimed best-selling first-person account of a teenage girl's harrowing descent into the nightmarish world of drugs has left an undillable mark on generations of teen readers. As powerful and as timely today as ever, Go Ask Alice remains the definitive book of the horrors of addiction. So, that is kind of the gist. The book is uh, structured. It's just diary entries. So, it's like August 2nd, August 6th, November 20th, like stuff like that. So it's a really cool format. Um, and obviously it's a very sad story of a spiral into addiction. And I don't know how the book is going to end. I think terribly. So just beware before you head into it. 
I'm not sure if it's based on a true story. Probably, it, it probably uh, encapsulates encapsulates someone's experience very uh, truthfully, which is very sad. So I think we should just become aware of the effects of drugs and addiction. And if you know someone who struggles with addiction, I think it's very important to reach out and to just give them your support as best you can. Um, Because at the end of the day, they can't really help themselves unless they want to be helped. So I can kind of see how like, it's very discouraging for the people who do reach out and try to help their loved ones get through this addiction, but they just don't accept the help. And it's it is very heartbreaking. So if you know someone going through that, uh, just show a little bit of kindness. Just uh, show some appreciation because human emotions are very fucking hard to deal with sometimes. And it's okay to reach out and it's okay to not be okay. Uh, yeah, I just think it's important to talk about that as well. Uh, but the next book that I want to talk about It was actually kind of introduced to me by my best friend uh, a long time ago, like a year ago now. Oh, gosh. Known her for too long, everybody. (laughs) I know some people have been friends for like 20 plus years or whatever, but that's how long I've been alive. So maybe cut me some slack. Um, This book is called You by Caroline Kepnes, and she actually has a TV show. Well, she doesn't have it. Her book does. On Netflix. It's called You. You've probably heard of it. Uh, it's about Joe Goldberg and this, this random guy who's just very mentally ill. Uh, this book is great. I appreciate books that are written from the perspective of who is supposed to be uh, the bad guy in a way um, and it tries to like get you on their side like you're reading it and you're kind of you find yourself like rooting for them in a way which is fucked up because this guy's like a murderer and a stalker and he's really insane and he's obsessive uh, but you find yourself like kind of rooting for him and it's scary because you're like oh uh, maybe I should like uh, get myself checked out and I'm questioning my own morals here because why am I rooting for this serial killer? Um, I love books that make you question like, what the fuck am I thinking? Um, this book really did because I had moments where I was like, fuck, Joe's such a weirdo. And then I was like, like a chapter later, I'm like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't get caught. And, uh, and then I step back and I'm like, girl, what are you, uh, what are you trying to say here? Um, this book, yeah, it's basically about obsession. There's a lot of stalking. It's kind of graphic. So just be careful if that kind of turns you off. Just, just know it's, it's graphic and it, it uses foul language and there's murder and creepy stuff. <laughs> Joe and his narrations are unsettling 
in a kind of weird, satisfying way. Like, if you've seen the show, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But the book is different because, like I said, it's more of an intimate experience. So you're reading it and you're like, whoa. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because I really don't want to spoil anything. It's such a good book to read for the first time, especially even if you've seen the show already, this book. It, it's an entirely new experience. So I don't want to say too much about it. I want you as a reader to go forth and take it upon yourself to read this really good book. I think it really fits the season too. Um, You know, kind of ominous and a little sketchy. So I do recommend that one. A book that I read and then put down and then picked up again and then haven't picked up in a little while is called The Players. It's by Darren O'Sullivan, and the reason why I picked this book up is because the author that wrote the book that got me out of that couple-year reading slump that I talked about last week, C.J. Tudor, she actually highly recommends this book. Her uh, review is right on the front cover. She says it is dark, twisted, and deadly. I held my breath from beginning to end. Um, so... I picked it up, and it's a good premise. Um, A stranger has you cornered. They call themselves the host. You are forced to play their game. In it, one person can live, the other must die. You are the next player. You have a choice to make. This is a game where nobody wins. Um, So, that one I picked up because... It sounds great. It looks great. I just, I haven't had like motivation to really push myself through it, which sucks, I know. Um, There are so many books that I want to read and I'm getting kind of like a reader's guilt a little bit. Like, I don't know if I'm the only one. I'm probably not. But I get like guilty when I'm like sitting on the couch watching TV or something or scrolling on my phone or doing something like mindless and I look over my shoulder and see my books and they're like taunting me. They're like, what are you doing? We're right here. And I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. Um, But recently I've been trying to break myself out of that kind of like guilty mindset uh, by alleviating some of the guilt. So like I'm that type, I'm a type of person where if I'm not doing something that I feel is productive, then I feel like I'm wasting time a bit. Like if I'm not at work and I have a day off and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just like wasting time. Um, but recently I've been like trying to tell myself that wasting what time? Like time on this earth is not, it's not um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, whatever, Uh, words fail me today. It's not like set in stone. You don't know how much time you have left. You don't know anything. We don't know anything until it happens. And so I've been kind of trying to like cut myself a little bit of slack 
by saying, you're not wasting time, you're simply living. And I think that mindset has alleviated a little bit of the stress and a little bit of the guilt that I harbor uh, when I am at rest. Uh, Rest is very important for a human being. Rest is, it rejuvenates you, it re-energizes you, it gets you up, it gets you going, it gets you doing things. Um, I grew up in a household where uh, rest was lazy, and if I was caught not doing anything, like if I was seen not looking busy, then I'd get in shit. Um, and I've kind of taken that with me into my adult life. Like when I'm at home, because I live with my boyfriend now, uh, living with your best friend is fucking amazing, by the way. And I really recommend it. You should, you should just find your partner in your best friend, like find a best friend in your partner, find your partner in a best friend. Like it's, it's great. Um, yeah, so I'm living with him and when he's at work and I have a day off, um, I find myself really beating myself up when I catch myself sitting down or watching YouTube or watching TV and I feel guilty and when he comes home I like immediately get up and start looking like I was doing something and I've learned that that is a bit of a response from how I grew up Um, and me and my boyfriend have talked about it. Uh, I've talked to him about it, and he is a hundred percent supportive of me. And he, he, he basically is great. He's perfect. He doesn't think that I'm crazy. He doesn't think that like he thinks that it's it's a normal response for me to have, uh, considering my upbringing. I guess you could say. Um, and he tells me that like it's okay. You're human. You need to rest. Don't feel guilty for it. And I really appreciate him saying that because I really took that um, and I took it close to heart because rest should not equal looking lazy, I guess. Like, so... What I've started to do to get that little creative juice in my brain flowing or something that I do to alleviate a bit of the guilt. Because once the dishes are done, once the kitchen's all cleaned up, once laundry's put away, then what? Like, yeah, you can look at that and say, that was pretty productive. Good job. Like, that's a productive morning. But to me, it's not enough. I'm like... I need to flip this entire house on its head and clean it from head to toe and dust. And when I don't do that, it's like kind of paralyzing. Um, So I take into writing again. Writing is super, it's great because it gives me something to do with my hands. And it makes me feel like I'm contributing a little uh, in this case, it'd be contributing to like building up my writer portfolio for when I eventually like get a job in publishing or start my own like little company, uh, which I do want to do eventually. I think it's a little ambitious, uh, which is all the better. Um, so writing, I've taken up again. And like I said, I'm using that website, Readsy Prompts. 
R-E-E-D-S-Y prompts. Uh, they really missed an opportunity to spell it R-E-A-D as in read, uh, but it's not my company. Who am I to judge? Uh, yeah, writing by hand, on my laptop, on my phone even. It's really easy to get sucked into like the endless doom scrolling like on Instagram or whatever. Um, but when, I, when I'm able to catch myself, I immediately swipe to my notes app and I just start writing and eventually words pour out. Um, so I think a little bit of a tip from me is just be mindful and be aware because those are two qualities that are unfortunately a bit lacking uh, in today's world. Self-awareness especially is a big one. Self-awareness or lack of it creates ignorance and it creates um, basically people you don't really want to be around. Um, Of course it's different because say if you have ADHD or something like that, like it's really, really, really hard to break that kind of cycle. And I get it. I 100% get it. My brother has heavy ADHD and I've grown up with him um, and I know enough and I've been around people with ADHD enough to know that it's really fucking hard um, and of course this this applies to people like who don't have ADHD and who don't need like a a certain um, I guess medication or like Something that doesn't need to, like, regulate. Like, that you need to regulate. Um, So, I get everyone's different. And everyone is all unique and different. And that's okay. Uh, This is just my tip that I've come to learn about myself. Um, If you're a person who also feels like laziness equals rest or you feel lazy if you don't look busy, then just take it and do with it what you will. But mindfulness is really big. Um, And it's important to maintaining a kind of healthy mindset. So, I've been rambling. I think this week is a little bit of a shorter uh, episode Mostly because I feel tired and I think I'm going to go rest. I think I'm going to go take my own advice and have a little rest. Um, Probably do some more writing. Uh, You can find me on that website. I'll link it down in the episode description if you want to check out some of my stuff. Um, I'll try to write a lot more frequently. I'll try to upload it to my portfolio. I do eventually want to uh, submit something to the weekly contests. I think that would be really cool. Um, I'll also link my bookstagram in the description as well, and you can find me there. I post some book stuff uh, when Instagram doesn't decide to crash on me in the middle of making a reel. Um, You can find me there. So thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Booking It, and I hope to see you next week. Bye!